Bree FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. It's Monday, and Sunday did not go the way many Houdats would have liked. Not many. All of them. I can't find a single Houdat I think would have liked the way it went yesterday. Worst case scenario, reared its ugly head for sure. We got plenty to get into as well. On the show today, Sean Fazan, Fox 8, specific questions as to what happened, what Tampa did in that 20 to 10 win, what the Saints didn't do, how much should we be worried? Is the panic button even being pulled out of the drawer? We, we, we'll get into all of that with him. Rafael Esparza, he's going to join us at 115. What an incredible day, honestly, in the NFL. Uh, overall, if you're, if you're a fan of the league, you're watching the games. Um, it was nuts. It, it just literally was nuts. You had three games come down to the last minutes of the game with three big massive comebacks. Jets down 30 to 17, a minute 55 left in that game and won. Joey, I didn't even have the heart to text you, sir, about your Cleveland Browns. That was, uh, that was something else. And then, uh, we're not even going to mention the other one at the Ravens. That's, uh, it's going to be a, Long week. I'm just telling you now. Cardinals, they were down 20 to nothing at halftime, 23 to 7 at the start of the fourth quarter and won. So we'll touch on all of that and more with Raphael here as well over the weekend. College football. Were they really any surprises? And, um, a huge win by the Tigers over Mississippi State. Underdogs in that game. They win it 31 to 16. They improved the two and one on the season. Host New Mexico State at 630. Tigers, Outscore the Bulldogs 24 to 3 in the second half after playing a first half where it looked like they couldn't get a first down. It was incredible. Second half, uh, was something else. Daniels 210 yards in the air, 93 on the ground, four sacks by the defense. We'll talk to Marlon Favorite right at 215 about that. He will be excited. Coming up at 205, Mr. Steve Berrios. He's the color coordinator, uh, color, uh, commentator rather for Tulane Green Wave football. And the Hall of Famer is going to talk about Tulane's massive win over the weekend as they won at K-State, 17-10. First win against a Power 5 school since Rutgers, 2010 in October. It's been a while. Also, they're now 3-0. and It's been even longer since they were 3-0. 1998, the perfect season. They host... Southern Miss at 6 o'clock. We'll speak to both head coaches tomorrow as part of our Coaching Tuesday chat day that we like to have. Nichols, rough start to the season, folks. 0-3, losing 42-16 to uh, against Southeast Missouri. They will finally be home. It's the first home game of the season. Jacksonville State at 3 p.m. UL, their win streak was snapped. Coach said it, Desermo, who we speak to at 12.45 on Tuesdays. He said Rice was a pretty good team. Well, they won 33 to 21. They'll be at ULM 7 o'clock on Saturday. And the Golden Eagles will be coming into town with a win 62 to 10 against Northwestern State. Again, it will be taking on Tulane at 6 o'clock. So looking forward to that as well. Alright, let's get to it. The Saints yesterday, 20 to 10 is the final. You'll hear from the locker room. You will hear from Jameis Winston, Dennis Allen, the works. You'll hear from everybody after the game. So much to really get into it. You know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday after the game. Scott Craig, myself, John Forcade, and Rafael Esparza, we're all just kind of doing our thing and, and sitting there going, how would you describe the game yesterday in the word, in a word? And, you know, disappointing, horrible disaster. We came up with a bunch of different ones. I, I think disappointing is really the, the one word that really stood out to me. Disappointing. Because the defense played an incredible game. Mike Stroud covers the Bucks for the Tampa Times posted, you know, Tampa was five of 17 on third down. 
They started the game three of four. So they went two of their last 13 on third down. Now the NFL doesn't keep the stat, but in those two of the last 13 on third downs, they picked up two first downs on defensive penalties. That leads to another point. Mistakes. Felt watching the game, the mistakes were just too much to overcome. It's easy to look at the five turnovers. That, that, that will kill you. Especially at the time that they came. The three interceptions, it was 3-3. And then you fumble the ball. Could have gone up 10-3 at the 11-yard line for Mark Ingram. And then after that, it's a pick that leads to a touchdown. It's a pick that leads to a field goal. That's 10 points. And it's a pick six. 13 points. I mean, that's I mean, like that. It's just, you're, it's, it, it changes the game. The complexion of it. So mistakes, defensive playing, well, the offense continues to just look out of sync and it, and it's, it's tough to try to come up with a reason why. Now yesterday on social media and a lot of people uh, on different shows as well were, were mentioning it. It's the play calling. Was it? I, I thought you saw a really nice mix. That, op- that drive that led to three points by the Saints to start the game. 11 plays, 63 yards, 5 minutes and and 58 seconds. You had a perfect mix of the run and the pass. He missed Chris Olave, Jameis Winston, on 3rd and 5 at the Tampa 12. Had him, ball was low. He talked about that at the end of the game. He just missed a lot of... He was off yesterday. One of the reasons he was off, the reports started early in the morning... Four broken vertebrae, little bones, little notches on the back of his back. He played because per he and Dennis Allen, apparently you can't injure it anymore since the bone's already broken. It sounds a little strange to me to begin with, but this was Dennis Allen afterwards. He's got, he's, he's got a back issue that he's dealing with. Nah, I'm not going to go into any of that. Um, no, look, we'll see. We'll see where he's at tomorrow when we come in and 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 go through the rehab, meet with the trainers, and kind of take it as it as it goes. But um, look, I feel like he felt he and I both felt like he was, you know, in a good position to go in the game, and and uh, you know, certainly we didn't do enough, you know, offensively to to help ourselves, and and, and we've got to improve in that That's area. One of the first questions Jameis was asked after the game. I feel like my bet. There it is. How's your back? It feels like my back. I don't know. I, I, I've never played with a broken back. We're asked John Forkade yesterday, like he's had every injury he can think of. Can it affect your throwing, torque, whatever? Pain medication, can it cloud the judgment? All those different things holding on to him. We're going to get into a lot of Jameis's play. He didn't play well. There's no way to look at it and, and say he did. He didn't. Missed some receivers that were open, missed different spots. Um, but specifically, if he is injured like that, should Andy Dalton have gotten? That is a fair question, and that is something to look at based off of the fact you have any something broken on your back. That's just me, right? So that's going to be a topic that's discussed there as well. And I... Also said one of the other takeaways going into this game and coming out of it was I thought the start of the season where the Saints had the Falcons, the Bucks, and the Panthers was going to be a good way for them to start 3-0 against familiar opponents, teams that you know, coaching staffs, you know, things of that nature. Maybe I didn't consider conversely the other side of things as we bring in the professor, Mr. Nick Harrison here. Nick, they also know the Saints. And not just that, I think what we've seen here is teams have maybe thought about what the Saints have done well against them or they've done well against them and we're ready for it. I, I it's almost like a twofold thing for me on this. And it's and it's a it's a bothering thing. I'm not going to say disturbing, concerning, but a bothering thing. Nick, your take. I don't feel the Saints have matched the intensity of the two teams they have played for whatever reason it is. We talked about it all last week that Tampa started on Sunday night after the win. Talking about they hadn't beaten the Saints. 
they were there for a fight yesterday. I don't know if I felt that on the offensive end. The defensive end, I absolutely did. I didn't see that spark or that energy on the offensive end to match that intensity, right? You didn't see yeah. it against the Falcons. And and that's concerning to me. But again, I don't want to push that panic button because there are division teams. Atlanta had all spring and summer to get ready for the Saints and what they wanted to do with them with the new quarterback, right? We Dennis Allen said it. I don't know what they're going to do with that guy. I mean, look, they gave the Rams a scare yesterday, right? So yeah. you look at it from that standpoint. With Tampa, it's, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Right. It's it's hard to watch what has been going on over the past two weeks with the Saints if you're watching from the beginning of the game. If you just watch the fourth quarter, you saw a team that's scrapping, that's scraping, that's fighting to try to get it done. Mm-hmm. And even with the turnovers from James, it's still – they were still – trying to fight to get back in the game but you don't want to you don't want to try to do that every game you don't want to have to wait until the second half or the third or fourth quarter you know there are teams that can do that sort of thing we see Kansas City do it just almost almost every week where they start off slow but then the second half comes and they become a completely different team or they finally start to get the wheels turning and they have the kind of talent that quarterback to be able to do that sort of thing uh, for the Saints, I don't know if it, and you heard some of the guys talking about it on Sunday. You don't know if it was, you know, is Jameis's back hurting him as much more than what they're letting on? Mm-hmm. Is his back being more of a problem? Is it something that they're seeing that they aren't telling everybody? I mean, if it's, if that's the case, Andy Dalton is there. He's capable. He's ready to go. But if he's, if it's not his back, if he's not injured like that, then what is the real root of what's going on with the Saints and what's taking them so long to get into these games? Now with Tampa Bay, they were tied at three for the longest time. I mean, as a matter of fact, at the beginning of the game, you saw that first drive, they marked down, marched down, got those three points. Yeah. And then after that, it was like nothing yeah. for another couple quarters of the game. You want, that's the kind of start that you want. But you want consistency. You want them to continue doing that throughout the game and not just have that one drive and then everything else just stalls out. It's, uh, it, like I said, it, it's disappointing. That's, that's the one word that I had out of it. Now, the other thing that came out of this game, and it's going to get a lot of phone calls, I'm sure, this hour, Nick, it, it was the scuffle, the fight, the issue that took place where I mean, let's be honest, Leonard Fournette instigated it, and what was crazy about that play is another, you know, third down, Brady's upset that he thought Lattimore interfered. Bruce, I apparently am no longer retired Arians, is on the sideline cursing at Lattimore. Brady then curses back at Lattimore. Then Leonard Fournette shoves him, retaliates, um, and on their retaliation, apparently, that's what Mike Evans saw. Here was his explanation in the locker room. I mean, we're in New Orleans. You know, it gets spicy sometimes. Um, got a little heat in the scuffle. Glad nobody got hurt and glad our guys responded. What is it about you and Marshawn that seems to always kind of come to a head? We're super competitive, but today he was just a little too emotional. Like, you don't throw punches at guys on the field. And I think he threw a punch at Lenny or, or he, and he pushed Tom or something like that. And I just can't let that happen to my teammates. So I just shoved him. And then it, it turned into a brawl. Okay, so he never touched Tom Brady, and Leonard Fournette actually was the one that shoved him first, Mike. And the NFL agreed with everybody's version other than Mike Evans, Nick. It has just been announced about five minutes ago that he is suspended for one game. Second time that's happened since 2017, and guess what? Another shoving of Marshawn Lattimore. So to say that that meeting against Tampa Bay on December 5th on a Monday night is going to be juicy, or as he called it, spicy, it is. What was disappointing, again, the word I keep using, Nick, though, was after that, I felt the Bucks were a little, you know, inspired. Where we were watching the game, um, I, I, I thought it was... It, it 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 got the Saints fans fired up, Nick. But I didn't feel like the Saints got fired up after that. You know what I'm saying? It's like I think it fired yeah. up the Bucks, and they talked about it afterwards. Brady talked about it afterwards that it lit a fire under them, and they already came in ticked off. I just that's my thing through two games. Before we get to coaching and players play, what, I I haven't seen the Saints sort of want to respond to a fight. Look. Their team that I think other teams in division know they're good, but 
Now you've got to go out there and prove it on the field. I do think the Saints are a good team. And the other, my sixth thing that I, I, it's hard for me to sit here on a Monday night, on a Monday and say that I think they're better than Tampa Bay. Tampa didn't have a lot of players play yesterday. They didn't have Godwin, they didn't have Julio Jones, didn't have the starting left tackle. Yeah. They're starting center Ryan Jensen's out for the year, and they also lost a guard. That's a lot of players that they did not have. Akeem Hicks got hurt in that game. I'm just telling you, if they're healthy, all of them, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you yeah, yeah. It makes you think that Tampa Bay is right now the class of the division, even though before the season started, there are a lot of people who said that it was the other way around, yep. that the Saints were going to be the ones that would be the front runners and Tampa Bay wasn't as good as everybody thought they were. But we're seeing throughout two games how Tampa Bay, what Tampa Bay is really made of, even without their whole complement yep. of players, which is kind of scary for the rest of the division. If you're the Saints, first of all, <clears throat> Honey Badger talked about it yesterday as well. The momentum shift happened after that fight. Yeah. After the fight happened, the momentum went directly to Tampa Bay, and it really should have been the other way around with it being at home, in the dome, with the 100%. fans fired up. The, the team should have been fired up with them as well, but it seemed as though it lit more of a fire under Tampa Bay than it did yeah. under New Orleans. And with all the stuff that happened with some of the questionable calls, oh. with the personal foul on oh. Roby, like all of this stuff that happened during the yeah. game. Yeah, no, we're going to get to really it, really just right? went against the Saints. It kind of dampened everything no, down. I, 100%. So it's like it's hard for you to try to fight from that. Yeah. After all, with all of those things that happened, it was the perfect storm to come against New Orleans. Yeah, I can't wait to play when we come back out of this break about Cam Jordan, his, his holding call that was called against him. <laughs> Roby, unnecessary roughness when his shoulder actually hit the ball. It just so happened to grab some helmets on that play. It, it was a joke. Questions of the day, sir, as we hear the music and we're breaking. Your questions of the day are, of course, with it being a Monday after a game, who do you want to give your game ball to? Who deserves a pat on the back and who needs to have a seat next to coach? Also, what do you think is wrong with the Saints offense? Give us a call on the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic phone line at 800-998-1003. Mr. Professor, we'll talk about the rest of the division coming up at 1245. Open phone lines this entire hour. Um, the rest of the way, uh, Sean Fazan, 1230, but you can fit it in as well. So sports Hangover and ESPN New Orleans. I'm not the kind that needs to tell you just what you want Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Even with the convenience of Uber and Lyft, king-size accidents can happen in a rideshare. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced in handling rideshare accidents and will fight for a king-size recovery for your injuries. Get the royal treatment you deserve at The King Firm. At The King Firm, we treat every client like royalty. If you've been injured in a rideshare crash, ring The King at 909-KING. LA20-11132. Is knee pain keeping you from living your best life? Get back into the swing of things with a robotic-assisted knee replacement from Thibodeau Regional Health System. Robotic-assisted knee replacement means greater precision and a joint replacement that's customized to your anatomy. And this could mean less pain and a quicker recovery. Most importantly, it can mean improving your quality of life. Learn more at Thibodeau.com. Hurry into the energy savings event at Lowe's. Save energy and save money on select major appliances, including Whirlpool Energy Efficient Appliances. You can also save with a smart thermostat. Right now, select Google Nest Learning Thermostats for $60 off. Plus, find other great energy saving items throughout the store and check your eligibility for rebates in your area to save even more. Don't miss the energy savings event at Lowe's. Selection varies by location. Exclusions apply. Visit Lowe's.com for details. Battle through 928. Pick up the phone. We want you to be on the show. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 
Welcome back. 800-998-1003 in the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic phone line. Devin White after the game. Taryn Andrews. Hey, man, when Jameis left our team, everybody know what he did that last year. And we feel like we had a great defense then. And, you know, he threw 30 picks. You know, and we just knew he will give us the ball. We knew the running backs, uh, you know, cough it up. You know, and that's something we came in talking about. You know, we want 30 turnovers as a ball club ourselves. So this just was another game to go attack the ball. Ah. <sighs> It stinks. Uncle Earl will get to you in about 30 seconds. I think the thing that stinks about it is this. Look, I, I'm rooting for Jameis. I, I, you've heard, if you've listened to the show, me go back and forth with people about it. And I think that's the thing that was disappointing. Again, the word I keep using. I'd love to hear your word for yesterday's performance. Cause it was the worst case scenario. Wasn't it? I mean, three picks and, and, I mean, it, it happened so fast. One of them a pick six. The first one into double coverage. Deuce McAllister in the first half. I happened to be in the car for most of the second quarter. And on the Saints radio network, he, he kept mentioning, you, you're going to have to take shots here. I, and that's why I wanted to get Sean Fazan on. I think he's really good at looking at X's and O's. I thought what I saw in the second pick, which was the pick six, um, or the third pick, whatever. The, yeah, what I lost track. It's the pick six one. Where their safety is sitting where the route ended or was supposed to end with Jarvis Landry. I think they came into that game to take away the slants and the crossing routes the Saints like to do. It's why the run game was open. You had some room in there. The Saints ran the football very effectively. You look at the stats, the Saints, by the way, had more yards than Tampa Bay. More first downs, 18. They had 308 total yards to 260. Each team had 13 drives. New Orleans passed for 206. They passed for 188. Leonard Fournette's on the plane putting stuff on Instagram, eating the W, acting like he did something. They, they didn't rush for, they didn't rush for 100 yards. 72 total. 102 for the Saints. So the Saints did wind up doing that. The Saints had nine penalties that were costly. Tampa had eight for 101 yards. The turnovers lost the game. The lack of being able to cash in a touchdown on that massive opening drive cost them the game. 11 plays, 63 yards, 558. Half of y'all want Pete Carmichael fired. That was a beautiful drive. They didn't cash in. Mark Ingram fumbled at the 11. It should have been 10 to 3. At worst, it's 6 3. Defense playing well. You know? I mean, it is what it is. Uncle Earl, how you feeling this Monday, sir? Hey, Goose, how's it going? Ah, it stinks, man. Like yeah. I said, the word disappointing <laughs> is the one that keeps coming up <laughs> to me. Uh,. December 5th, I hope I get to go to the game. I'm ready to whip some you-know-what over there in Tampa. Uh-oh. Uh, uh-huh. I'm ready to whip some you know Hey, hey, Goose, I, I didn't see the game. I was coming back. I had a wedding, and so I was listening on the radio. But, hey, look, I know not one player does what not. And you talked about, and I apologize because I got a cold. No, you sorry. talked about the intensity. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Yeah, it just. I know he's on defense, but man, he is a dog. And, and, and the de- I feel bad for the defense, Goose, because it seemed like we we wasn't getting pressure. It seemed like Goose said we wasn't getting pressure. What I what I front for, mm-hmm. but it seems like Brady was getting the ball out quick. They were kind of had a little game plan for that. But man, the defense kept giving us the ball. They could the offense kept putting us in bad positions, and we kept bailing them out. Our third down on offense was horrendous. And, Goose, look, if this guy had a broken back and this and that, don't you think this is coach? Look, we got a pretty good backup. Mm-hmm. Man, start on Andy Dalton. He could well, listen to the deuce. He was saying on a couple of the runs, he said, I was it looked like James was scared to get hit. I was just going to bring that up. He Jesus said he McAllister. was scared to get hit. He could have made the first down. In, uh, in the second quarter, what you're talking about, Specifically, there were a couple of opportunities we could have picked up the first down. And, and look, you want your quarterback to scramble, elongate plays, keep them alive with your head downfield to be able to do that. 
but you definitely saw that. Now, he did move and scramble a couple times in that first quarter. You wonder, though, after that hit or two, if it affected him. He was also getting sacked a couple of times early in that game. You wonder if that does, you know, affect you pain-wise. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, again, you could have gotten first downs on that. Now, and, and that's why I'm saying, in retrospect, it's easy for all of us because they lost the game to say, Right. But if he doesn't throw the picks and they wind up winning that game 6-3, 10-6, we're calling him a warrior. But at the no, end I'm of sure. the day, it's a result business. Now, did the back affect it? I don't know. That's the happiest I've seen his feet since he's been a saint. I, I've never seen him that uncomfortable and setting in the pocket. He airmailed it on one of them when he was open. He had Michael Thomas in front of him, missed him. But he decided to go, you know, deep left and he missed, but he's backing up. There's no pressure there. If he stands or steps up into that throw, it's a laser to the Saints receiver. Instead, he's throwing backing up. So is it now two games of getting hit? Is it my back is broken? I don't want to get hit. Whatever the reason was, even the television broadcast was bringing it up. His feet never were stable or set in a throwing motion. It's hard to be accurate when you do that. He was inaccurate all day yesterday. And it was, to me, one of the worst throwing performances I've seen since he's been a saint, which leads me to believe the injury affected him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, 100%. And, and look, Goose, you're dead on. And, you know, usually when we play Tampa, and Brady even says it, they out-physical us. Tampa, from the start of the – besides a, a deep – they out – like I heard a lot – they were manhandling Alave. I, I didn't see the game, but it seemed like Dean was getting physical. And I think Alave had a fumble. He might have fell down one time. Look, it, it's only game two. I'm not pushing the panic button, but some look, Goose, if we were the one, I felt really like I think we'd have won by ten or fourteen points at Carolina. Now right. you go into the kitty cats and I think the kitty cats and I think this is a must win for them. They're owing two. This right. is a division game and I'm oh, I'm gonna I, be I, honest I got, with you, Goose. Yeah, I, I got I don't sound feel over good there, about man. it. No, I know I, I here's I, the thing. I will say, Earl, I want to get to Will before our guest. Thank you for the phone call, man. Stay yeah. far. Get get Appreciate better. It, Goose. Get well. Have a good now, day, buddy. I hear you. Everybody has it. My wife had it last week. I don't know. Whatever I'm doing, I need to sell it because I haven't gotten anything. Kid had strep over the weekend. That's why I had to go to the doctor yesterday at 10 o'clock in the morning, so I didn't get a chance to get to the game um, like I wanted to. But, you know, got to be a dad. But, yeah, just, so get well, my friend. Will, what you got for us, man, on a sports hangover? Hello, Will. And do you help Tom Brady to 20 points? I think by the end of the year, Alante Taylor's going to make us all forget about who Chauncey Gardner was. And, yeah. uh, lastly, dude, I think, unfortunately, Jameis Winston looks exactly like Jameis Winston. And I've been an apologist for Jameis Winston yeah. all offseason saying this is his year. Dude, he looks just like Jameis Winston. Like I'm I said, hang up and let you pontificate, my man. No, I hear you, man. Thank you, Will. Appreciate it. I, that's why I keep using the word disappointing. Because that, again, that was the first time I've seen him since he's been in a Saints uniform where I, I think he pressed. I, I think he tried to make those plays. Look, he spoke about how it's trying to be a different team. It's not, I don't know if it's the injury or not, but he, he did not look good yesterday for whatever reason, whether it's injury, whether it's pressing, whether it's what. And he just, he did, he didn't have that level of confidence on there. And, and you just saw, Again, mechanically is what I'm talking about. You know, sometimes the other teams make plays. So I can't wait to get to Sean here after Randy. But, you know, I specifically saw some things that Tampa did try to do. And you heard Coach Dennis Allen yesterday was asked it. He he didn't want to get into it. He saw it. He just didn't want to say that he knows it. But I'm telling you, they did some things yesterday to limit what the Saints offense did. And, again, that's knowing your opponent being in a division. Randy, give me your best 90 seconds, bro. Hey, Goose. Hey, first I want to say, man, the offensive line played well yesterday, man. Jameis had time. They ran the ball right down Tampa's throat. Ingram just fumbled it. But look, on Jameis Winston, man, look, Andrew's no excuse because if he's injured and it's affecting his play, but he's still on the field. This is professional football, Goose. 
if you're on the field, you're expected to you're expected to contribute, or you're letting the team down. That's fair. And if it was affecting his play that much, it was a three-three game at halftime. Dennis Allen should have brought in Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's not going to light it up, but he's not going to turn the football over. It was a very winnable game without those turnovers. And I look forward to seeing Andy Dalton going forward. If this back injury is serious, Andy Dalton knows what he's doing, man. He's a veteran, and if he is injured, we need to get Andy Dalton in there, man. Yeah, look, I, like I said, I, I it, it's fair moving forward if he is affected by the injury to do that. Because like I said, what we saw yesterday was a performance we hadn't seen here. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we really haven't. I mean, he hasn't looked that. He didn't look good, bro. I mean, it's hard for me to look at it and say anything other than that. So You're not going to win many ball games turning no. the ball over like that. No, and, and again, it, you know, it's also an understanding of the game that you're in, and it was interesting to me, and I'll ask Sean his take on it too. I was talking to the guys yesterday at halftime, like that first half was played like the uh, like each team didn't want to lose it. Tampa was a little bit more right. aggressive. They blew it. Look, he fumbled third and one. That was points. That was a gift for the Saints. It should have been 3-3 three, three there, right? So they were attacking a lot more than the Saints did in, in moving it. And you got from the get-go, this, I just got the sense and feel they didn't want to make the mistake. And then when they got down, they had to push the ball, and then all heck broke loose. Thank you, Randy. Hey, but Goose, let me... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, I was just saying real quick. After the Ingram fumble, man, yeah, I felt like it was over. Yeah. Right, well, yeah. it's funny right, you say good. that thank because, you, uh, thank you, man. Appreciate it so much. When we come back, I'll actually play what Dennis Allen had to say about that fumble. And then we'll talk to Sean Fazan from Fox 8. We'll keep taking your phone calls. This is Portango over in ESPN New Orleans. Spicy Chicken Nugs. We didn't say Wendy's, but you probably thought Wendy's, and you thought right. With a unique blend of spices, these are the spicy nugs that other spicy nugs wish they were. And with Wendy's new ghost pepper ranch sauce, you'll reach new levels of spicy. So you're probably thinking, where's the closest Wendy's? Get the only six-piece spicy nuggets worthy of their name for free with purchasing the Wendy's app. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's offer must be redeemed via the Wendy's app. App download and account registration required. Not valid with other offers. See offer and app for additional terms. I'm Ben Utech. I played high school, college, and pro football, helping my team win the 2006 championship. It was an amazing day, but it can't compare to the joy I feel every day with my loving wife and three beautiful daughters. My football career ended after I suffered my fifth concussion. Did you know that over a million athletes suffer a concussion each year? That includes boys and girls, every age, every type and level of sport. It isn't always clear that a player has had a concussion. So parents, athletes, and coaches need to learn about concussion signs and symptoms. The American Academy of Neurology recommends athletes thought to have a concussion be immediately removed from play and not returned until assessed by a healthcare professional trained in concussion. This isn't just about sports. It's about your brain. When in doubt, sit it out. Learn more at aan.com slash concussion. That's aan.com slash concussion. A message from the American Academy of Neurology. This message sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. Our focus is to get you back to work, Louisiana. I'm Sine Villavaso. Come into our office. We have the resources and services you need. The people who work here have the passion to do the work. One thing we want them to know is that they matter. There is a great need here in the city of New Orleans. One of the things that we're trying to do here is provide opportunities. We're ready to get the citizens of New Orleans back to work. Find out how the Louisiana Workforce Commission can help you at laworks.net. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. So we got to do a better job of of, uh, of protecting the ball and giving ourselves a chance to win the game. So um, there's some good things that happened in the game, but yet everything you know gets overshadowed by uh, not taking care of the football. You mentioned Mark Ingram's fumble as a game changer at Coach Dennis Allen. We speak with Sean Fazan from Fox 8. As always, appreciate the time, sir. You can be followed on Twitter at Sean Fazan Fox 8. How are you this afternoon, man? Doing all right. How are you? I'm good, man. I keep using the word disappointing. It was the, I've been asking our listeners, give me one word to describe yesterday. And disappointing seems to kind of cover it all. Can you give me one word to describe yesterday? Um, disappointing would be good. Um, I, I thought it was a, a little bit of a collapse. Um, 
So yeah, pick one. It's it, it, not not a great feeling because they obviously were playing were very competitive in that game for a while, and then mm-hmm. it really just went unraveled on them uh, late in the fourth quarter. It was nuts when you look at I guess some of the elements of it, but. I, I value a lot of what you do with the X's and O's. I kind of want to ask you on this, and I kind of text you about it this morning. On, on one of the interceptions, the pick six, Landry's running the route. You can see his head turn right and actually look where he's going to stop. And Davis jumps in front of him and gets that interception for the pick six. And then I kept thinking to myself, you know, I didn't see a lot of slants, crossing routes, a lot of things that are staples of the Saints offense. Again, division opponent knows what they're doing. Did you see anything that Tampa did to take away what the Saints did that caused a lot of this offensive struggle? Well, well first off, the protection, for the most part, I thought held up fairly well. Um, and that was against a guy who likes throwing a lot of uh, exotic blitzes uh, from a lot of different directions, especially after what they got last week. I, I felt like there was at least some improvement uh, in that area. The only thing that I saw from Tampa uh, that I guess could, could create some confusion was the constant change in coverage. Um, Sometimes it was man, sometimes it was zone, sometimes it was a different kind of zone, uh, sometimes it was off man. Um, and I almost felt like the Saints, you mentioned something interesting there, because there were a couple of formations and a couple of wrinkles there that you don't normally see from the Saints. And it was almost like, okay, we know this opponent knows us, we're going to try some new things. And I just don't know if it worked as well as it should have. So um, all, all those things sort of uh, kind of played a role uh, in what happened. And you know, it's unfortunate because, like I said, I felt like the three quarters, they had really were toe-to-toe with Tampa and really frustrated Tom Brady and really were playing well. And then, uh, at least defensively, offensively, is still a work in progress. Offensively, look, seven of eight quarters, they haven't played well. That, that's just a fact. Um, but it was still had in, well in contention to win that game, and then all of a sudden it just fell apart. And there was a little bit of, of mixing up coverages, mixing up blitzes. But I don't think it was anything that they weren't prepared for in terms mm-hmm. of uh, the blitzing style, you know Todd Bowles is going to come from different areas. You're gonna, you know he's going to send guys from different spots. You know he's going to you know, drop a, a D lineman out to try to bait you into an underneath throw. Um, and the Saints just, they just they, they couldn't capitalize, and that's just really what happened. Ooh, capitalize would be another way to, to do that, because I, I felt the same way too, right? 3-3 Ingram fumbles at the 11-yard line. That opening, Jay, uh, that opening drive, Sean, I felt like a lot of people were trying to give um, the business to P. Carmichael. And, um, you know, his play calling, look, you look at that opening drive, 11 plays, 63 yards, 558. It was literally almost even, right? Pass and run. I thought a lot of the play calling, you know, you mixed Taysom Hill and you did it. I don't think that was really issue. So capitalizing would be a good way to look at it. Something else that stood out to me in this game here as well. Deuce McAllister on the Saints radio network was um, mentioning taking deep shots, and that's why I was going to ask you: Are they doing something to kind of take away that underneath that the Saints do? That to me, that's that first pick, right? Trying to make a play happen. I know it's a double coverage. Jameis said he should have hit him. Alave had a step. If it's two yards deeper, maybe he catches it in the end zone. But I thought it was interesting that Deuce, and I know you're going to have him on this week, kept saying you have to take shots against what Tampa was doing. Did you see that? Yeah, and I felt like they did a couple of times, especially with Winston to Olave. You know, you mentioned that interception. I just got finished really breaking down that play. And, you know, there was a little bit of roll of a coverage there. Safety ended up uh, not being on the edge there. It ended up being more in the middle of the field or, or on a half. I don't know. Look at what I got. <laughs> a little bit uh, on the on the edge there, uh, a little bit at the hash there. And the ball was just misplaced. So um, that, that was a chance right there. And that was really right in the – the thick of the brawl and right. the aftermath, and that really would have, I mean, the, the roof would have come off the Superdome had they connected right there because everyone's in motion so high. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that there's always room for that. And what's the definition of shot play or go downfield? It's not always just drop seven step drop and just launch it deep. Sometimes it's working the intermediate thing, you know, the 18 to 22 area. That, that seemed to uh, kind of disappear in this game as opposed to the comeback of last game where Jameis really lived and that second-level intermediate area of the field. That's where a lot of chunk plays can really happen. But um, overall, it just wasn't good execution. I know that's, that's pretty generic to say, or it's pretty coach-speak to say, but it, it really boils down to that. You just did not execute uh, what was in front of you because there were chances there, and there was opportunities there that they just missed. Yeah, No doubt. One of the other things, Sean, speak with Sean Fazan from Fox 8 here is, I thought they ran the football well through two games. I think you've seen this ability of this offensive line maybe being a good 
run blocking team for sure. Ingram 10 carry 60 yards. It's crazy. I look at the box and I'm like, Wait, Tony Jones only had eight yards, but I thought there were some key runs. Those two runs he had to pick up a first down. Like, I, 102 yards on the ground by them, and I think they've run the football effectively at times in two games. Would you say that? Uh, better this game, obviously. Um, now, I thought last game Atlanta really game-planned uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, Mark Ingram ran the ball well into that fumble. Even that run on the fumble was a great run. I mean, it was a great run. It was beautifully blocked. Ryan Ramchek had a beautiful block on that play. Uh, on Devin White. I mean, they were really controlling the line of scrimmage running the football um, against Tampa for a lot of the first you know, three quarters of that game. That's just, uh, they, they did much better in that regard. And that's obviously without uh, Alvin Kamara. Even Dwayne Washington, who was hurt, banged up in week one, was able to come back and give you some, some quality carries as well. And it feels like they want, they, they kind of game plan for a lower scoring type game, run the ball, ball control type, uh, type game against Tampa. It, it, Almost felt like they played to a uh, a lower scoring type game because that's the way they called the game, and they had success. I mean, look at that first drive. I mean, that first drive was great. I mean, it really was <clears throat> uh, running the football, and then obviously they couldn't connect on that third down. They had to settle for three, but nonetheless, three points was at a premium yesterday because it felt like it was hard, really hard to get points for the Saints. So, yeah, I, I do think there was a little bit of improvement there running the football, and that was without Camara. But nonetheless, I mean, you got to have both. Um, and unfortunately, they won the losing end of, of this one against Tampa. I, I, everyone's going to ask this week, right? Well, what are the struggles with the offense? I'm sure most of your shows and Deuce and everybody's going to try to give their different opinions. Something else kind of sticking out to me, though. Sean, have you felt the Saints have matched the level of intensity against the last two opponents? Like, Atlanta came in looking mm-hmm. to be more aggressive, and I thought Tampa... You saw that too. It almost boiled into frustration, and then the 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 scuffle happened. And unexplicably, I I think it helped them. I mean, they said it afterwards. It almost felt like it it hurt the Saints. But that's not matching them at home. I, I, are you seeing that too in two games? I, I feel like they haven't matched the intensity. I thought they were a little caught off guard by Atlanta's intensity. A a little bit of overconfidence because it's Atlanta, obviously. Everybody has fun with that. And then, obviously, they did some things that they weren't expecting uh, with Mariota, at quarterback, that really got them on their heels pretty quickly uh, in that game. I thought the intensity was a little bit better, obviously, going against Tom Brady, obviously being at home. But, you know, I, I kind of felt like the intensity burdened Tampa Bay early because, man, Tom Brady was way too animated. It was almost like the idea that he's never beaten the Saints in the regular season at home, 100%. it was almost like he was too amped up. Yeah. Every time there was a mistake, it was an over-the-top reaction. It was like, mm-hmm. wow, this is natural football. And then the brawl kind of burst the pipes, if you will, because all of a sudden everything was loose for them and everything got uptight for the Saints. And they definitely finished that game with more composure than the Saints did. The Saints unraveled after that brawl. Like it or not, fair or unfair, there still was football to be played, and it was 3-3 three to three at that point. And you were playing fairly well uh, defensively, and all of a sudden, it just fell apart. Why do you think the offense is struggling? I think there's a couple of things. I still think they're figuring each other out. Um, I, I, I know that's hard to hear sometimes, but it's the truth. You're just you're not a finished product in week two. Um, I think Jameis is hurt, um, and I thought it was obvious yesterday with the way he was throwing the football, how off target he was on pretty simple throws, and so even some completion. Uh, he just, I mean. He was just off target. And, look, I saw him, you know, a lot of the media was in the locker room when they announced Jameis was going to go to the podium. So I ran to the podium area. Uh, and so a lot of the media wasn't necessarily in there when Jameis walked in. So I actually saw him walk in. I mean, walking very slow, gingerly. Um, and I just thought, wow, how did this guy just play a football game? Or did he even get more injured uh, in that football game? Because he certainly took some shots. I think that's certainly a part of it as well. Um, and it is another thing that I'm not sure people are, are noticing because of the big finish last week, but early in that game, these Saints wide receivers struggle with some separation against some press man situations, and I think that showed up a little bit yesterday as well. So there's a lot of things to figure out uh, within this offense, but you'd figure they'd be a little further along than basically one good quarter of football from eight. It's going to be an interesting week, Sean, as we uh, bring a close to our segment here with the final question, because 
they're not coming back home after this road trip. They're going to London to take on the Vikings. So it's going to be an interesting next, you know, week and a half, two weeks here. They're going up against a, there's no other way to say it, a wounded Carolina team. Two games. They've mm-hmm. been close. Haven't found a way to win. Matt Rule's blaming himself. Baker's talking about, you know, being 0-2. You got them backed into the corner. Matt's probably going to take the Nebraska job on Monday if they lose, right? That's the joke on Twitter right now. So, you again, to my point, I they better go in there expecting a fight and, and, and be ready for it, you know? Absolutely. And, and, I, and hopefully they learn that lesson in week one because, I, I, you know, um, Atlanta was viewed as, you know, one of the worst rosters in football. Well, if that's the case, you still needed to rally in the fourth quarter to beat them. You know, and last year, last week, excuse me, yesterday against the Super Bowl champs, uh, they needed a late interception to beat the worst roster in football, at least according to some. So hopefully that they've snapped out of that. And, and once again, it, the other team's situation really should have no bearing on the way they prepare and the way they execute in the game. Carolina has always been a tough matchup, even on the road. So uh, even at home and, and, and obviously on the road as well. So, uh, you know, I'm not buying this whole thing that, you know, uh, the NFC South is weak because even if they are quote-unquote weak, as we saw in week one, uh, it's still very difficult uh, to win within your division. As we saw yesterday, um, Tom Brady and the Bucks are still there. And then Carolina has always been kind of a mixed bag. So, yeah, I, I think it's a very good, very big stretch here going forward because historically, you know, when they stumble in September and it's, you know, one and two, one and three, it, it, it generally means a long season's up ahead. So they've got to regroup here as they figure themselves out and come away with the W. Sean, as always, man, appreciate the time you give us, and let's see what happens this week. Should be a very interesting week. Lots of opinions and lots of, uh, I guess, trying to solve these problems and find some answers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. At Sean Fazan, Fox 8. Do so to give a follow? Quick break. We come back. Your phone calls eight hundred nine nine eight one double zero three in the upper cervical family chiropractic phone line. Sports Hangover. Yes. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. How about becoming a part of something bigger and join the team? We're currently hiring for welders, fitters, and blaster painters to work at our fabrication yard in LaRose. You can apply now at www.danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. RTC, ETEL, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now, we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, ETEL, and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at letsrev.com. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Market. Feels like home. Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health. For the sick, the elderly, and the homebound, our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I mean, the only thing that matters is, you know, winning the game. So, um, yeah, I think anytime you lose a game like that, especially at home, a bunch of fans, a bunch of people, uh, you know, it's going to sit with you for a few days. Tired Matthew. In the locker room following the game, Mark Ingram again, head coach Dennis Allen calling it a game changer. Saints, Bucks tied at three. Nice run 
gets to the 11-yard line, and it's punched out. I mean, again, it, it honestly was a solid play by the DB there. He went in with the left hand, no intentions of tackling. He was there to punch the ball out. He did. Bottom line, though, second straight game, Mark Ingram's coughed it up. Good run, cut it up, man. Uh, my responsibility, first and foremost, is to take care of the football. Um, I hold myself to a high standard in that regard. So I'm going to take pride in um, carrying the dreams and inspiration of the entire team. We're going in to, you know, take control of the game. And, uh, you know, it can't happen. Whatever the situation was, punch, rip, whatever it is, um, have to take care of the football and, uh, you know, make sure we, you know, have points at the end of that drive. Stinks. Playing on a bum ankle, but he played well. I thought they ran the football well. David, you're on the on-deck circle, Uptown Ruler. What you got for me, man? Hey, man, imagine C.D. Deuce in that game yeah. with all that going on. <laughs> no, I hear you. Now, look, I, look, I was sitting there watching that game as well, Uptown Ruler, and, you know, and I mentioned it to Chef Scotty. I'm like, you know, this is a game that – you feel like he could have been impactful or made an impact. And look, it's crazy. You look at the box score and Justin Evans had a solid day, seven tackles, two solo. I just, I, he just brought something else to it. Maybe he would have been able to fire it up. But then again, look, I, I can't look at the defense and say that they were lacking there. I mean, they literally, after the Bucks started the game three of four on third down, as Michael Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times brought up, they went, um, what, three of 15. I mean, two of 15 the rest of the way. I mean, I, that, that's pretty good, you know? Two of the last 13. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, DD Deuce probably would have broke up all that. Well, he probably would have, I wouldn't say he probably would have broke it up, but right. he probably would have been picking on Tom, Tom Brady a lot. And, and, and giving Tom Brady the business about him getting a divorce and all that stuff. You know, you know how you do when you get inside a <laughs> oh, he'd, have, he'd have brought up that'd Giselle. Be, he'd have been, brought up Giselle. There's no yeah, doubt about it. Yeah, I, I will yeah, say this, Uptown yeah. Miller. To your point, it's something that Chef Scotty and I were talking about during the game. They did bring CD Deuce in on blitzes a lot. I know a lot of people were texting Nick Underhill after the game. Why didn't they blitz? And, and Nick's response was Tom will see that and throw to it. And that's true. But I do recall, especially last year in Tampa, I mean, he led the team in tackles, C.D. Deuce did. And they did use him out of that secondary as a blitzer to put pressure on the quarterback. And I haven't seen that with Evans. Maybe they tried that with Taylor. He played well when he came in late in that game. But, you know, it's just something to keep an eye on. But, again, it, that that was a game that I, I, I'm just watching. And, again, it wasn't the – I don't think the defense lost that game. But as I'm yeah, watching but let me it, say it this way. I said, let me man, say this. you know, you can use right? CD there. Go ahead. Let me say this, all right? I think I'd have kept him to after this game was over. Hmm. Well, I'd... I'd have kept him and then traded him after the game was over. <laughs> after this one, huh? Because <laughs> after this one, because he know how to get in, in Tampa Bay. He know how to get in people's head. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he talk a lot of trash. The, the coach didn't think that I'd let him kept talking and kept talking until the, you know, until it was time for the game. And then he would put him in the game. It'd have been a whole different, I think it'd have been a whole different story with him in there. Mm-hmm. Cause I think, I think it would have been, a, I think it would have been some confusion going on like it was, but I think he'd have, you know, he'd have got to, uh, Tom Brady before, uh, Tom Brady would have got to the Saints. Thank you, Uptown Rule. I don't think you're the only person, though, that through two right. games has mentioned and felt that C.D. Deuce might have made an impact. Here's the thing. He's an eagle. He ain't coming back. You got to figure I'm it out. Thank you. There he goes. Uptown Ruler. David, thank All you right. for calling the sports hangover on the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic phone line. What do you got for us today, bud? Hey, Gus. What's going on? How's it going? Doing well, man. All right. Well, I just wanted to call. Um, of course, I'm disappointed in the loss. And, <clears throat> you know, I think the team... Uh, I think they played pretty good, especially the defense. Uh, they did pretty good with, uh, keeping, um, uh, Tampa Bay out of the end zone mm-hmm. until the end of the game. Um, just a couple things though. I, I'm just wondering why we, after, especially after the fight and why we didn't blitz Tom Brady more. And the reason why I say that is because you gotta think Tampa Bay's top three receivers were out the game. So, 
were we that afraid of their number four, number right. five, number six receivers that we just, you know, we couldn't blitz? Because, I mean, that's what Tampa Bay did to James Winston. It's an interesting you know, they point. Was they was blitzing. They was blitzing on every, just about right. every third down. It's an interesting point you bring up, David, in that, you know, it wasn't Julio Jones, it wasn't Chris Godwin, and it, and, and you, I, did you test the left tackle? Did you really test the guy that was filling in for the replacement left tackle? I mean, you're on your third left tackle. Did you test that line? That, again, that's a fair question. That's a fair question, you know, um, I, I don't know. I, 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 again, though, it's just hard because I'm looking at it and going, man, you held them scoreless into the third quarter again. I mean, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, now granted he fumbled on the third and one, but I, you know, it's at the same time, you, you get seven on that opening drive instead of three, it's seven nothing, right? Ingram doesn't fumble, yeah. you get three, it's at least ten three. If you get a touchdown, um, you know, it's six three. If you get a touchdown, it's ten three. I, it, it's hard to say, you know, how much more of an impact the defense could add. The offense didn't do squadoosh. I mean that that that's what it boils down to. I mean they they didn't do anything, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. James yeah. James stunk. stunk, and I'm a big time James Winston fan. I, w- I mean, as a matter of fact, I would take James Winston over any quarterback in the NFL. But I mean, it is what it is. This game, I, yeah. this play stunk bad well, yesterday. David, you go back but, to uh, what um to what Sean Fazan just said by seeing him walk very slowly and gingerly to the lock, you know, up the podium for his post game presser. If 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 you're walking that slowly to go up the steps to do that, it's going to be hard, as Deuce McAllister pointed out in the broadcast, to run for a first down. Yeah. Those are things you kind of need against a game like that. So maybe in retrospect, Dennis Allen is kind of looking at it. Maybe he should have started, you know, Andy Dalton. I, I I don't know. Well, I just think that you know, yesterday was yesterday. It's in the past. I yeah. just think that if if Jameis is that hurt. That's going to cause him to perform like that yeah. in a the game. Then yeah. you should start Andy Dalton. Yeah. Um, but even on the bigger picture, I I, I want to see the coaches improve. Um, uh, I guess play calling on the offensive side. You know, most of James Winston's sexes came between the A and B gap, right up the middle. I want to see more screen passes to alleviate help alleviate that pressure up the middle. Defensively, we need to come more creative with blitz packs because. You know, Tom Brady is not Marcus Mariota. He's not a mobile quarterback. He's a 45-year-old quarterback. And he's not going to escape a blitz very easily. And like I said, the Tampa Bay top three receivers were out the game. There was no threat. The touchdown pass that Tom Brady threw, I think he probably had about five, six, seven seconds to throw the ball because they only rushed uh, they only uh, rushed three linemen. But uh, anyway, thanks for the uh, call, Gus. No problem, man. Appreciate it. Jack. What you got for us, sir? You got about another three minutes before the top of the hour. How are you today? Gus, how you doing? Doing well. Gus, how's it going? Good. Hey, uh, um, Gus, first of all, I want to declare this Roy's day. No, uh, no. As you know, he's going to. No. Yeah, you know, dude. Uh, you got to get. Look, I gave him a hard time, too, so I, I got to give him credit that Tua had a great game yesterday. He did something that I didn't even think he had in him. But, of course. You know, Baltimore's defense helped, but still. Uh, they come back from three touchdowns down. They look dead. Harbaugh should be fired. You got 35 to 14, 30, 28 to 7. That's a game that they should have won. I mean, that was terrible. Absolutely terrible. And if you watch how that game was unfolding, they dropped so many passes on third down. It could have, I mean, yeah, it was the perfect storm. But look, to your point, he's got to make the plays. And, you know, I guess when you got, Cheetahs and whatever gazelles or whatever else he, they call Waddle. I mean, they, they just chunk it up and somebody will go grab it. It's nice to have. That is for sure, man. But yeah, six, six touchdowns and that comeback. I, we were just watching it. Chef Scotty and I just put our hands in our, in the palm of our hands. We're like, oh no, it's going to be a long week. And Gus, if you would have told me that the, that the over and under for the game was nearly 80, I would have stole money to bet on the other. I, I, I couldn't yeah. believe they scored that many points. On those yep. two defense, uh, but but look, as far as Jameis goes, I, you know, if people want to take up for him, they can. But uh, I, I don't know if you saw it this morning, but I can't remember whether it was Olaski or Clark. Um, uh, they were showing you what was available on the on the field and what yep. Jameis did. Yeah, and, and, and so you know, I think that was that's all it needs to be said. 
if he was too hurt to play, like like other people have said, then he shouldn't have been playing. I, I don't want to hear it after the fact. So, you know, he, he, he finished the game. So he, evidently he was healthy enough to be out there. Um, and the other thing is, I wanted to uh, look. I, I thought Tulane was going to lose this week. I watched that game. I, I, I really, I didn't think they had that in them, man. But the defense really played well because mm-hmm. Pratt didn't even play that well in the game. He made some really bad throws, and they still managed to win the game. Yeah. Uh, Steve Barrios is coming on at 205 to talk a little bit about that. We'll play some highlights here as well. And Coach Willie Fritz tomorrow to talk about a nice win for them for sure. As they take on Southern Miss on Saturday. Jack, thank you. I hit the top of the hour. I got to hit the break. Corey, don't thank go you. anywhere. Bye-bye. I will come to you right out of the break. The professor as well will go over our questions of the day and the rest of the divisions, the sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Hey,